praised one more time. He is worthy to be praised. Amen, 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 amen. This morning we're going to look in the Old Testament book of Genesis. I know we haven't had a Bible study in a while. But that's the first book of the Bible. It's in the front of the Bible. The book of Genesis, the 12th chapter. The Lord is good. I'm going to read in your hearing the first three verses, and then we're going to skip over to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. So if you can put a pen there and go over to us, so Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse number 8. Genesis, the 12th chapter, beginning at verse number 1, it says, Now the Lord said, had said unto Abram, Get out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. And in thee all the families of the earth will be blessed. Hebrews 11, verse number eight. And it reads, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out of, into a place where he should go after to receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing whither he went. From these two passages of scripture, I want to take from a title, Faith to Leave the Familiar. Faith to, to Leave the Familiar. To be familiar with something is to be well acquainted with it. It's to have a deep knowledge of it to have a deep understanding of it. It is to become common with it. To be familiar with something, for the most part, is a good thing. The problem is, is then we, we, when we become too familiar with a circumstance or a situation or a people, it's when we get to a place to where we become comfortable. And understand that all of us want to be comfortable. But what we also must understand is that God did not call us to a place of comfortability. God called us to a place of work. As a matter of fact, if you look at the early church in the book of Acts, after the day of Pentecost, they were instructed to go back to Jerusalem. It was there where this, this ministry of Christianity would be birthed. It was a place in which it would become the headquarters of the new Christian faith. But as excited as the church was at that time, they had become comfortable. They did not expand and grow like they should have. 
because they had become familiar. It was a familiar place for them. They were comfortable there. In much of the same way, Macedonia, there's some things in which we've been doing that we've been comfortable in. And it has stunted the growth because we've become too familiar with worship the way it's been. Did you not understand that there's a deeper place of worship that God wants to take us to? Wouldn't you just love it when, if all of us could come in here and take off all of our baggage at the door and worship God the way that he really desires to be worshipped? This is what I'm talking about. When we become familiar with it, because once we become familiar with a situation, then we become content with it. Contentment sometimes has a tendency of to have false happiness. We're content with what's going on. With worship as usual. The same folk as usual. But understand that God desires to not just grow this church, but he desires to grow your faith. And in order for God to grow your faith, he must take you away from some of those familiar places that you've been traveling. God desires a deeper relationship with us. And so therefore, God will at times call us out of familiar places. Much of the same way he did with Abraham. Abram was a pagan worshiper. He was born and dwelled in the land of Ur. Where there's nothing but pagan worship. We have nothing in scripture that tells us that Abraham had any communication with God up until this 11th chapter, or 12th chapter of Genesis. We don't know whether Abraham was good or bad. We don't know what type of man that he was. But what we do see is we see the sovereignty of God. It was God that chose Abram. And we don't know why he chose him. There's nothing in the scripture that tells us why he chose him. But what we can trust is that God chose him to lead a nation. The scripture says here that, 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 that God spoke to Abraham. He spoke to him and he, 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 he said, Abraham, I want you to get up and I want you to leave the country in which you were born in. In other words, I, wanted, I want you to remove yourself from the familiar place in which you've lived all of your life. Now understand, that's a difficult task. Here it is, God is asking him to leave. Not just his country, but his daddy, his family, and all of those who are associated with him. And even though it does not tell us specifically why God told him to leave, we know that God told him to leave because it was a pagan nation. And God will not share his glory with no one and no anything, any other God. And so understand this, that, that, that before God can really effectively use us Macedonia, there's some things that we have to tear ourselves away from. 
You've been hearing a great voice for 41 years. A voice that heard from God. But now the Lord has given you a new voice. I don't know why God chose me. But I know it's by his sovereign grace that he did. And so now it's time for us to move on into a new area. And God has not given me every step. I don't have the grand plan. Much like Abraham, he's told me to go and take the first step. And that step takes faith. It's going to take my faith. It's going to take your faith. It's going to take your faith to believe that God has called me to this position. And there's going to be some things that I'm going to say. There's going to be some things that I want to do and implement that you may not agree with. But I'm just praying that you have the faith enough in God that he is leading me. Look here. God went to Abram and told him to leave. And in Hebrews, we see the account of it in Hebrews. It says, and Abraham obeyed. Look here. In the Greek word, this word actually means that it was present tense. In other words, while God was speaking to Abraham, he was already prepared to obey God. What does that mean? That means that, that, that Abraham did not object to it. He did not say, God, let us talk about it. Let, let us discuss it. No, he just obeyed God. And this is the area that I'm trying to get to, is that I understand that when I hear the voice of God, that I obey what God has said. Because if I give myself a long enough time, I'll talk myself out of it. But I gotta get to the, I'm getting to the place, I'm, I'm getting there. To where when I hear the Lord speak, I obey what the Lord is saying. So here he's telling them that I want you to leave everything that you're familiar with. It takes faith to, talk, to walk away everything that I'm familiar with. It takes great faith to obey God when he tells you to do something like this. But understand that it's necessary. And understand this as well, that every time God takes something from you or he tells you to leave something, he's going to give you his promises. And there is a promise that, is, that God is going to give us. That if we leave the familiar, that just like Abraham, God has promised us some things. Look, 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 look at what the Bible says in Genesis 12 and 2. He says, and I will make of thee a, what, a great nation. God is going to make this church a great church. But it's going to be a great church for his glory. As great as it already, listen, listen don't, don't get me wrong. The former leader here, Pastor Charles Twyman, did a magnificent job. There is no way that I could stand here before you 
without the preparation that he made on behalf of the next pastor of the Macedonia Baptist Church. Just like, just like, just like God would not let David build a temple because he had blood on his hands. David did everything that he could to make sure that all of the resources were there for Solomon when it came time to build the temple. And much of the same way Pastor Twyman has made sure that every resource that I need as the next pastor is here. So I honor him for that. But God wants to do something different. He wants to do something great and he's made us these promises. Listen, he said, he said, I'm going to make you a great nation. Now, what we need to understand here is that, that, that first of all, Abraham and Sarah, his wife, are childless. So how in the world are you going to make me a great nation when I don't even have any children? Once again, we see Abraham's faith in action. Because even with saying that, even though he realized that he had no children, he still got up and obeyed God based upon the promises of God. And I'm not saying this, brothers and sisters, if God has declared it, he will bring it to pass. And God has put his stamp of approval on this church. There's some work that we have to do. There, there, there's some things that, 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 that he's putting in order right now as we speak. And one of it is that he needs to work on us. Work on our hearts, our minds. Listen, if you would just trust God. Listen, I've trusted him, I've leaned upon him, and God has never failed me. He has never let me down. And this is what God wants from me. This is what he desires from us. That we put our complete trust in him. Why? Because it's faith that pleases God. When you trust God, when you depend on God for everything that you have, for your next step, for everything that you do, when you trust him, it pleases God. God is getting happy up in heaven when you, tr when you trust him, when you put your faith in him. The reason why, because God realized how weak we are. I cannot do this job on my own. Cannot do this job in my own strength. I need God. I need the promises of God. I need the power of God. I need the provision of God. And we need to understand as well is that, that, that all of us in our own individual lives need the same thing from God. So all of us should be seeking from God. His promises, His provision, His power. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. The second thing that he promises Abraham is that he said that I'm going to bless you. And I don't know anybody in here that does not need a blessing from the Lord. I, I, I don't know. If you, if you need a blessing, clap your hands for me. If you need God's blessing, amen, amen. We need God. Because God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 
And this is one of the blessings that God gives that he promises that he's going to bless us. He's going to provide for us. He's going to take care of us. Did you not know that, 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 that blessings is more than just monetary blessings? You do know that, right? If God has blessed you with good health, you ought to say hallelujah this morning. If, 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 if he's blessed you with obedient children, you really should say hallelujah this morning. If he's blessed you with a job that you can go to and make ends meet, you ought to say, Lord, thank you and bless him name. Those are the blessings of God. If he's got you in your right mind, you ain't in your left mind, but you're in your right mind, you ought to say, Lord, thank you for my right mind, being in my right mind. These are the blessings that he's given us. And we need to stop looking for money from God and understand that there are a whole lot of other stuff that God has blessed us with. Many different blessings that he's blessed us with. Some of us shouldn't even be here this morning. If it had not been for the goodness of God and all that he's done for me, oh, my soul cries out, hallelujah! I know that he saved me from danger seen and unseen. I know that I've lived a foolish life. I've done some foolish things and God saved me out of it. He delivered me out of them. So yes, I'm a blessed man. And it's not just based upon what I have. It's who I belong to. <laughs> Amen, somebody. It's who I belong to. And then thirdly, he said that I'll, I'll make your name great. Understand that, that, that at this particular time, that's what every leader, that's what every king of a nation wanted, was a great name. And God did exactly what he said he would do for Abraham. Because Abraham is perhaps one of the most notable Old Testament uh, patriarchs that we know. As a matter of fact, Abraham is the father of faith. And he's been associated with faith. As a matter of fact, he's quoted and, and mentioned more than any Old Testament figure out there. Because it was the, the Apostle Paul that wrote in, 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 Romans, in Romans that it's by faith that Abraham obtained righteousness. Listen here. Did you not know that our faith would not be where it is today had not Abraham stepped out on faith and left the familiar? Because he goes on to say, he said, not only will I make your name great, he said, thou shalt be a blessing. Now understand that, that, that God blesses us, that we might be a blessing. Amen, somebody. That, that, that's the reason why you're blessed. You're not blessed that you might hoard it all to yourself. He blesses you that you might be a blessing to somebody else. In the same fashion, God has blessed Macedonia Baptist Church that we might be a blessing to this community. That we might be a blessing to the city in which we live. You need to understand that, that if this community is going to be blessed, it's going to start with the house of God. It's going to start with you and me. That, that, that's how we win people. That's how we're going to win this world. We win it by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. Yeah. 
and not just sharing the gospel, but sharing our, our, our friendship with them. That's what we do. There's no way that any church should be mean-spirited. We should be outreaching, reaching outside of these four walls. There's a whole community out there that's waiting. And when I begin to look at it, I begin to look at what Jesus said as he stood, stood on a mountain and looked out over Jerusalem. And he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Jesus said, pray that the Father will send laborers into the vineyard. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray that God will send laborers from this congregation into the vineyards. That's our responsibility. That's our great permission. And we got to come out of our familiar way of doing things in order to do it. So we have to stop being comfortable. Because once we become comfortable, we become complacent. And that's not a good place to be, is to be complacent. We need to understand that God is calling us beyond contentment, beyond our comfort zone, and yes, even beyond complacency. Because complacency is that smug and uncritical uh, satisfaction with oneself. It's self-satisfaction. We come to church and we think that we're doing something, we're doing God a favor just by coming to church. We become satisfied with just coming and sitting in these pews and not really taking anything out of here. You get good food when you come here, but you leave out here and you give it to no one. We've got to come out of that. If we're going to grow as a church, if we're going to meet the mandate that God has given us, then we got to take it out. We have to leave out of here. Take it on your job. Take it to your family members. But we must focus on this community as well. There's a great number of people in this community that have never stepped foot in this church. We need to get out there to them. There are some lost people that are out there. The other thing that we, we must do is that, that, that we must reach the underprivileged. We must meet the needs of those who are on the streets. We got to reach the unchurched. We got to reach the ungodly. That's what we, the, the, those are the folk that we need to be bringing in. We need to be compelling them to come in because there is a word for them that will help them not just in this life, but the life to come. But, but, but most times we don't, we don't, we don't want to bring them in here because they're not dressed like us. They don't drive like us. They don't smell like us. They don't talk like us. But these are the ones that Jesus came for. Well, he said, I came for the lost. He didn't come for those ones that were already saved. He said, those who are lost, those are the ones that I'm coming for. These are the people that we must reach. 
And understand that these are the folk that we got to go and search out and seek after. We can't just sit and wait for them to come to us. Because nine times out of ten, they're not going to come to us. We have to go and seek after them. There's an evangelistic spirit that needs to go and erupt from this church. And we need to seek them which are lost. Compel them to come in. We have to do it. It is what God has told us to do. It is a commission. The great commission. And just like God told Abram to go, he's told the church to go. Go you therefore into all nations. What? Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's a command to go out. It is not waiting for them to come to us. We, got, we must go out. Listen, I know, listen, it's going to take some work. And I understand it's going to take some time. Because God has to work on our hearts first. He has to put that spirit of evangelism in us. He's got to put that passion to reach the lost in us. If you don't have it, God has to put it inside of us. Why? Because he's put it inside of me. My heart bleeds. For the unsaved. My heart bleeds for the unreachable. The ones that we've stopped trying to reach. We usher in church folk after church folk after church folk. But we need to do something that's going to really affect heaven. We need to be making a deposit in heaven. Because that's what our mission is. That's what he's called us to do. So he said that Abraham, Abram, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to bless you, but I'm going to bless you that you might be a blessing unto others. Macedonia, God said that he's going to bless us. But he's going to bless us that we might be a blessing to others. This is, this, this is what he told Abram, and this is what God is telling us. Listen, not only does that, but, but God also shows his protection. He said that I will bless them that bless thee. In other words, as you begin to bless other folk, God continues to bless you, continues to pour into you. But you've got to start it by being a blessing to other people. And listen, I'm not talking about blessing people who will bless you back. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about blessing folk that can't do nothing for you. That, that, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about giving to some folk that can't give you a crumb. That's what I'm talking about. Being a blessing. You see, because you begin to open up the windows of heaven and God begins to pour out the blessing to you. Why? Because you are a blessing to somebody else. Simple concept. But hard for us to seemingly do. We hold on to this little money that we think we have. It's really not our money. The reality of it is don't, it does not belong. Nothing belongs to us. Everything that God has given me, stewardship, belongs to him. I'm just managing it. And so that's what I want to do. I want to bless others. Because I know that's the key to God blessing us. 
as a church. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand this. Look here, he also said, he said that, that I will curse thee. That curse you. What that tells me, that you don't have to fight for. When people begin to, to curse you, when people begin to ridicule you, you just stand on the word of God. As a matter of, let me put it to you like this. The more people curse you, the more you are the blessed folk. Amen? The more you, don't, don't stop blessing folk because people ridicule you and they talk about you and they stabbing you in your back. Don't stop there. As a matter of fact, that's where you'll get your greatest reward at when you continue to give even in the midst of the naysayers. As a matter of fact, I heard somebody say, I'm looking for even more naysayers because they're the ones that keep pushing me to be a blessing and to bless God. But in order for us to do this, we have to leave the familiar. Leaving the familiar means stop being lazy. It's getting in our word. Every day your, your morning should start with a devotion. Spending time with God early in the morning. Reading his word. Because we're prepared to get on, out on the battlefield. And you cannot get on the battlefield unprepared. You get destroyed by the enemy. So wake up. Get in the word of God. Pray to God. My prayer just every morning is like, God, I know Satan has set some traps for me. And God, I don't know where they at, but you do. And so Lord, I'm asking you, God, that you give me the ability to get over them, around them, or even go through them, God. Because Satan has set some traps. And see, I, I, I'm a master uh, trap identifier when it comes to Satan. Satan has gotten me too many times for me not be able to identify where he's laying his traps at. I can see him coming a mile away. But I put my trust in him. I keep on trusting God. I keep on marching. I don't let it stop me from marching. I keep on going. I keep on speaking. I keep on being kind and loving to folk, even though they don't like me. And it is a love that God has given because it is a genuine love. It's not a pseudo love. It's a genuine love for those who hate me. Because only God can do that. So when they curse you, you keep on moving. When they curse you, you keep on blessing. When they curse you, you just keep on giving them all, everything that God has given you to give them. Because the Bible says it's like heaping coals of fire upon their heads. Love them anyway. Because even when we go out, even when we fulfill the Great Commission, we're going to get more rejections than acceptance. And one of the things you need to understand is that you've got to be ready to receive the rejection in love. And what do I mean by that? You can't, you, can't, you can't condemn them because they rejected it your time. Because you may be the one that watered it. And someone else will come by and God will give the increase. So don't let that discourage you. 
Don't let rejection discourage you. We're going to face our rejections. We're going to face our challenges. But it only may, comes to make us stronger. This, this, this is a tough road. This is not an easy road. This is not a walk in the park. But truth be told, we've never been called to a walk in the park. We've, we've never been called to that. We've never been called to be a sit-down church. But we've been called to be a church that will stand against the wiles of the devil. We stand and present the gospel of Jesus Christ to this world. No matter what they do. Whether they receive it or they don't receive it. We're to preach always in season and out of season. When they want to hear it and when they don't want to hear it. Keep on preaching the word. Keep on proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we must move and leave out of the familiar. And it takes faith to do that. Because really it does not make sense to us in our natural thinking. It does not make sense. But if you have faith this morning, if you trust God this morning, God will show you that he has always been here. And he'll always be here no matter who the leadership is in this church. Why? Because the church belongs to Jesus Christ. And there's no way that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to allow his church to fail. Why? Because it's his church. This is his agenda. This is what he wants to do. This is not my agenda. I'm following the agenda of the master. And he tells us to go, to leave the familiar. And he tells us to leave the familiar because Jesus once left the familiar. He left his home in heaven, came down here as a man and tabernacled for 32 years, 33 years. He healed the sick and raised the dead. He gave sight to the blind. One time he fed 5,000 with two fish and five barley loaves of bread. Another time 4,000 he fed with the same. He walked on water. He calmed the raging sea. He left the familiar. He was in glory with all his majesty. But he surrendered it all. Came down through 42 generations. Took on the form of a man and was obedient. Obedient even unto the cross. Yes, they marched him from judgment hall to judgment hall because he left the familiar. He left what was common for him. And he went to a place where he would be challenged. He would be beaten with a cat and nine tail. He would be mocked and scorned and nailed to an old rugged cross. Yes, they nailed him on our behalf. Jesus is in unfamiliar territory because how can the man, the God man, die upon a cross? Well, he died because he loved us so much. He gave us everything we needed to get from earth to heaven. By them nailing him to this cross, suffer bled and died on a Calvary's cross. Yes, they buried him in a tomb. But on the third day, he rode with all power of heaven and earth in his hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for resurrection power. Thank you for leaving the familiar and going into the unfamiliar. But guess what? Now he's back in... Familiar territory. 
Because the Bible said that he's on the right hand side of the Father making intercession for us. And you know what? We're going to leave the familiar for the unfamiliar. But one day, one day, he's going to come, rapture us up. And we'll be back in familiar territory with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we too shall be with him. We'll be with him. And we'll be like him. Leaving the familiar. It's difficult. But it's doable. And that's what we need to do. God bless your heart. Please stand to your feet. <coughs> the door to the church is open. I'm challenging you, if there's anybody here that desires <coughs>